This is Josh Snyder, and you're watching Thoughtful Discussions. And I'm here with Todd Keebs. What's going on? So, what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? Introduce yourself a little uh, bit. Uh, so, I'm, uh, I guess uh, I do a number of things. I mean, uh, my day job, I have a day job that's kind of one area, and then uh, other stuff that's in various other realms. But mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I'm an engineer for a microphone company, so audio and electrical engineer. Hmm. Um, that's going to be ending soon. But um, And then in my spare time, I uh, do lasers, uh, throw parties, DJ, uh, graphic design, um, stuff like that. A little mix of everything. Yeah. No, but most people know you as a DJ in public, you know, sure. yeah, for yeah. the public okay. eye, especially in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. or, or, or a photo, photo bomber. Okay, yeah. So keeps in the background. Check it out. Hilarious. Plug, plug. Yeah. Um, so you have you have a couple different events. You do laser crunk, right? What else do you do? Um, that's the main one. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we do that now quarterly at Brillo Box and quarterly at Belvedere's. We used to do it every month at uh, Brillo Box for nine years or so. But we yeah. um, thought, you know, switching it up a little bit more often is kind of, you know, gives people a little something more to look forward to in terms of, uh, you know, Okay, some people like going to Belvedere's, some people like going to Brillo Box more, right. you know, and just changing it up is always always a good thing. Nice, I like that. Um, so, yeah, so we, we do that, um, and then uh, I do, I, I used to be part of actually right down the street from here at the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern uh, yep. Fuzz, which uh, was a dr drum and bass night, weekly drum and bass night that went on for 14 years. Yeah. So I was part of that for about 12 years of that, so. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so those are those are the two the two big things. But you know, do other events here and there. I started a, a night called Heavy Handed that I did once last year. I'm probably going to continue again. Um, and uh, yeah, cool. So being a, a mic technician and and doing all that stuff, um, how does that play into your technical ability and your some of the um, you know as a DJ, it, you kind of think about sound and and um, stuff a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, so my um, uh, to be a little bit more specific as far as the as my my day job, yeah. um, you know, it's a uh, it's a microphone company. We make microphones that go into like laptops and cell phones, so really tiny mm -hmm. microphones. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, what I would do is kind of two roles. One, which would be to uh, do the full characterization of the microphones mm -hmm. as far as all the technical specifications, both electrical and acoustic, mm -hmm. and then also help customers integrate our microphones into their products. So kind of. Mm kind of customer support but more like design support right um not to the user end but to the people that are making the product right yeah right. So, so for like a laptop manufacturer they would come to us and say you know how does this look in terms of acoustics electrics right uh, electrics yeah <laughs> electrical interface <laughs> um uh, it's a technical term the electrics yeah uh and then uh and then we would advise them just based on our previous experience and and whatnot and do simulations if, if necessary um cool. So I mean, as far as how that plays into DJing, um, um, I guess, I mean, a lot of it has to do with um, a lot. A lot of the uh, customer discussions would sometimes have to do with how the the microphone is going to work in the system, and right. and, and so like uh, doing debug on things like driver issues or mm -hmm. um, things like that are often, you know, often similar to things that I may encounter in DJing. Mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, overall, um, it's kind of the technical aptitude of troubleshooting and debug comes right. in, in helpful a lot, you know, and it's not yeah. necessarily maybe while I'm DJing, but more like if the person before me has some 
issue, right? And I need right. to go in there. Okay, you need to check this cable. It's not that cable. Then it's going to be the connector that's connected to it. You know. Right. Um, so going through those kinds of things, I would say, is I'm probably one of the biggest direct comparisons. But also, mm. I mean, just as in terms of audio quality and right. things like that. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Like, uh, there's a lot of other DJs that may not be able to hear, you know, different levels or different things that you know where if, if you have everything pitch perfect you could you know tone things right and you, people are going to get a different experience especially if they're musicians and they're you know and they like things a certain way right yeah i mean i, I would say that overall i prefer kind of um uh, i prefer things to be as clean as possible in terms right. of both mixing and sound quality overall so yeah um i probably over time gained that from you know my job and um mm. as a result i kind of always want those things to be right right um so, you know, m my setup is all digital and um, I have it all synced up. A lot of people, you know, think that's like the worst thing in the world, but yeah. I think it's one of the best things. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, you know, I, I always have, have that. So everything's nice and tight. And, right. um, and then that, the fact that I don't have to worry about uh, beat matching and, and, mm -hmm. and having the songs go out of, out of uh, sync um, means that I can then pay attention to the actual audio and, the, and, and making the, mi the mix sound proper. Um, you know, so to me, that's that's one of the biggest things about it. Like I said, that the best things it allows you to f really focus on what really matters, which is right. how it sounds. I mean, right. if the computer can sync the things up, then let it do it. That's what I say. Gotcha. And did you starting out? Did you do anything? Did you ever play with vinyl? Did you ever play with mixers? Did you ever like? Yeah, yeah. Like? I mean, when I when I started out, I started. So I've been DJing since '97. Uh, yeah. Um, so 21 years, I guess yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I started out, I mean, there was no computer option. Um, right. Serato didn't exist, and actually, it was Final Scratch before Serato uh, was one of the first ones. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, me and my my buddy saved up and got turntables in high school, and yeah, um, you know, and we used to actually use three turntables. And, and actually, I guess that kind of goes back to the same thing. So we would use three turntables, um, so that, and we would both DJ at the same time, hmm. so that. Um, Essentially, one person would be, you know, lining up the next mix and really, mm -hmm. you know, getting getting everything synced up nice while the other person was mixing their record. So mm. it actually gave you twice as much time to to do everything. And, and then we could layer stuff on top of each other and do right. a little bit more like that. So, huh. um, so yeah, so I DJed on vinyl for the, probably the first, uh, I don't know, maybe eight years or so, something like that. Okay. Um, and now, and the, the big downside to that, I mean there's a number of technical reasons that I, th I think digital is not better, but has advantages. But um, one of the, probably the biggest one is actually just in acquiring music. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be, we would spend $12 for right. one piece of vinyl, right. <laughs> which, you know, had one good song and then one song that, you know, they knew they could sell you on the, on the B side. Right. And right. Most, you know, the chance that both songs you'd want to play them was pretty small. So spend 12 bucks, for you know one record and then you know it's Which, especially as a high school kid <laughs> right that's a lot but and then and now it's probably 25 35 for a new for a new record because they're not getting made as much right it could uh, i'm not sure i'm not, I, I don't i don't yeah. think it's actually that much okay. anymore but um All right. but it's you know the difference digital you spend a dollar and you get the right. digital track and you can take a thousand with you right as right more than that but <laughs> right um so yeah no it's a huge difference so what would you say for, for, for someone starting out, do you think that they should learn how to do a turntable? 
I mean, is there like there's an advantage? There's there, there you definitely gain skills, yeah. right? I mean, you gain, yeah. gain you know just just the hearing of, of when things are going out of beat and how to get them back in beat. Mm. Um, so it, it, there's definitely there's definitely things to, to, to be said for that because I mean even with digital, right? Sometimes you're going to have a, a track that is is a little bit off, right? And, right. And you're going to have to adjust it live. So you know those things come into play. Gotcha. Um, so. There are uh, there are definitely advantages of, of learning how to beat match by ear. Mm -hmm. I would say um, it's hard for me to say whether or not uh, somebody starting off really should because it, it takes a while and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's not easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know whether or not you spend that that, that time and doing that or learning how to like do finger drumming and you know mm -hmm. really master another type of skill. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's for everybody to figure out on their own. But but yeah, there are there are advantages to, to mm. learning learning off of vinyl and and vinyl has I mean other control advantages as well. I mean obviously mm. in terms of scratching. If you're looking to right. be, I guess that's another thing, right? I mean right. what I do and the music that I play, I don't really scratch, right? I mean right. I'll play samples and I'll do things like that, but yeah. I'm not going to be scratching. And if and if you're not scratching, then having turntable loses a lot of its benefits. Right. Gotcha. Well, uh, do you have any advice to anyone that's starting out that might be thinking about being a DJ or they've been doing it for a little while, but they want to develop themselves a little bit? Um, overall advice. I mean, I would say get a good, uh, organizational system for music, um, in terms mm. of tagging and as you acquire new music, tag it, um, with, you know, genres, descriptions, things like that, that, mm. that can help you remember what it is as yeah. well as find it when you need it. Gotcha. Right? Like personally, I don't have a great like recall memory in terms of uh, that. Oh, that's that song. It's such and such by so-and-so. Like, right. I'm Some people can do that. Right. Like on the fly. Some people are great at no, that. No, I don't do that I'm either. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so, so you know, I, I rely on the other, you know, mechanisms to help me organize things and, mm. and, and having, having album art is actually another big thing as well. Um, gotcha. And that, I mean, that's definitely another big advantage of vinyl is that like yeah. when you're going through your, your records and you see, oh, there's that track, right? And it used to be right. that I wouldn't know what the name was. I wouldn't right. know what else was, but I go through and I see that track that has a red label that's a little bit off-centered and like yeah. I know exactly what it is. Right. So like having album art in your MP3 collection, if you're going digital, mm -hmm. I would say definitely be good about that because it's the difference of, you know, playing that song that you want to hear it exactly the right time or right. being like, I don't know what that is. I don't want to worry about figuring it out, you know, or, right. or sitting up there, you know, for five minutes, like just looking through your tracks, like, is this the right one? Is this the right one? You know? Right. So to this, and to the same extent, I think track preparation before a set is, is, you know, important. Um, mm. If you can't just pull it off on the fly. Right. I mean, if you can't, right. if you can do that, that's great too. But yeah. Um, you know, having, having uh, decks or not decks, uh, crates put together, um, of different genres so you can kind of pick mm -hmm. and choose as you want. Uh, right. Key, right so. so do you have, let's say you're going to be playing for two hours. Do you have three hours worth of music kind of ready to go? And you kind of, that way you can, you know what you're kind of getting into, but you have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th there's, there's pretty few, pretty few instances where it'll be like, you have an hour to play and you pull an hour worth of stuff. I mean, it's right. like usually, you know, cause people could, walk out in the middle of one and you decide right. that's I would need to switch styles immediately. Right, right, right. So having yeah, I mean a significant amount more than you're planning on playing or what you expect to play is right. certainly recommended. Or if like 
like the Timbaland show that I played at where you're supposed to play for an hour and you play for like three hours, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then it's, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so where'd you get your start? Like, like, I know you said you started a while back. Um, what, like, what inspired you to, to start DJing and, and, uh, you know, how'd that, how'd that come about? Um, it was all from raves, uh, back yeah. when I was in, yeah, like in high school, you know, um, I had a number of friends who would go to ra- like going to raves. And so I started going to raves and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. You know, mm. this is unlike anything I've ever heard before. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I thought, well, me and my, me and my friend were both kind of, you know, really tight and both liked all the music together. Um, we were like, we could do this, you know, yeah. and there'll be two of us. Right. It'll be like a little gimmick, you know, we'll be like, you know, two teenagers going, you know, and, and it worked. I mean, we, uh, you know, we, we ended up playing um, a good bit in, at raves and stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, so that went through high school. That was like the last probably two years of high school or so. Okay. And then, um, and then in college, I, I, I went down to University of Miami for college. Nice. Um, and I, uh, I, I did a radio show there for two years on uh, Friday nights, um, which was kind of passed down to me from another guy who'd been doing it. Mm. Another guy. So it was like a kind of long tradition of electronic music Friday night shows. Cool, cool. So that was um, – that was that was a good transition. Awesome. So, what would you say the genres have kind of passed from, you know, the last couple decades, like as far as stuff that I would play or just yeah, in general that for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I guess maybe I didn't um, fully get back to that before, but you know, so mm-hmm. when I first started DJing, yeah, I would play drum and bass, okay, um, jungle, and um, you know, and I I wanted to play other stuff, but at twelve bucks a you know, a song essentially, it's just right. not really realistic. So, um, so I was like, okay, I'd rather stick to that and have, you know, that bass and, and not have to worry about it. Mm. Um, and so that was, uh, I guess, again, probably the first eight years of DJing or so. Gotcha. Um, and then whenever I started DJing with a computer, it was just like, whoa, opened it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I can play whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I, I still really mainly play drum and bass for the first year or two after I switched to digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, when I started uh, DJing with Jeff Cutups, I mean, he used to be part of the um, the, the fuzz the night that I was down at the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern also. Gotcha. Um, but um, when whenever I kind of had this, oh, wow, there's all this other music out there is when, right. say, what, when Bloghouse, what they used to call, was like kind of hit the scene. And it was okay. like really a lot about... Uh, remixes of pop songs um mm. in an electronic fashion which was like i mean now it's it's there's a you know the everything's really blended together like right. pop music basically is electronic music i mean you know it's they're pretty close right um but at that time they weren't and um and so there was this whole fusion of people taking stuff chopping it up i mean this you know this is when also um girl talk was really kind of blowing up as well right um, and that whole remix you know, yep. culture essentially mm. um, came about, and so so that was a lot of what we were playing then was just really fun party music, yeah. um, and it was great because, you know, like I said, I used to only spin drum and bass, and yeah, you know, you go to a drum and bass party and people are going to get down, but you go to you know your friend's party and put it on and people are like, what is this, you know, and like everybody right. leaves, right, um, right, right, so. It was really liberating and refreshing to then be able to play stuff to regular people. Gotcha. You know? um, and stuff that I liked. Yeah. Right? I mean, I could have, I could always play, you know, a, a normal set of top forty or sure crowd pleaser type stuff. But being able to do it and have it be 
what I like yeah as well as that um, was a was a gauge here's a song you know and let me do it my style exactly kind of thing exactly. that's awesome um, what are some influences you had growing up um influences uh, yeah. I mean I guess in terms of actual music or people or music people it could be someone local or, or multiple people like kind of helped you get your start or like just music in general yeah i mean uh diesel boy was like one of the first drum and bass djs that i kind of really you know looked up to and there was there was this one uh and he was a local dj but he was also one of the biggest um drum and bass djs in the world still is okay um and so he um he had a he had a mixtape or, or a cd i guess actually that was um called drum and bass selection usa okay and that actually is is almost is it's very similar to what we were just talking about as far as the remix culture because it was yeah. all uh, pretty much all like hip-hop mixed with drum and bass gotcha and, um and it was very you know catchy mm. but also technical mm. um a lot of bass really tight drums um and as well as some some reggae influences in there in there as well um so i'd say that was kind of one of the one of the the turning points in terms of uh, you know getting into drum and bass and, and really being inspired you know gotcha um and it was <laughs> you know just exciting it was something new something different yet right. also again something kind of relatable hmm. um so uh that was as i was probably that was one of the first um big inroads to that style i mean before that i was kind of i would say like bjork and tricky so more trip hop okay. oriented stuff right right um more when i was in like my younger teens uh that was definitely definitely big the orb um who were like a kind of ambient dub hmm. um uh act and they've been around forever so um, so them, and then like I'd say even before that, like Pink Floyd, okay, um, was was certainly a, a big early influence, and I think ma mainly because my dad had like a CD, and it was like yeah. one of the first CDs that ever existed or whatever. You know, it was like we right. had ACD player, we had like two CDs, like one was that, and one was The Cure and like the Rolling Stones or something like that. You know? Right. Um, but uh, yeah. Awesome. How have you seen the music scene kind of change over the years? I mean, obviously everything goes in waves, but you've uh, you've been in it for a while, so you could see, you know, have a good, bad, ugly, at, like for the last couple of decades. How has it how has it progressed, and and where do you think it's at now? Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's an interesting question. There's a there's a yeah. lot of a lot, a lot of to it. To I'm, sure, there, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, uh, but I'd say, I mean, overall, when I started you know, going out, mm -hmm. um, I guess on my own, right. As opposed to like going to a concert with my parents, right. At that time. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, uh, it was when I would start going to raves. And so I was more this underground culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, um, we don't have that much anymore. Well, it, it still exists, but it's yeah. at the time it was more like it was a little bit more of a pioneering attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a little more on its own and underground where it's like, right. Yeah, I mean the underground, right? The un there is still an underground electronic rave scene, but it's yeah. very different from what it used to be. Right. Um, and uh, and I'm also older, I guess. But right. I mean, it, it's hard to say. Like at the time, I didn't think everybody there was young. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I guess they were because I was 16. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but but now but nowadays i think one of the one of the bigger div biggest divisions between the rave scene as well as like the other music scene in Pitt in pittsburgh is that it's a more of a younger crowd it's a significantly younger crowd than everything else 
um, which is good, right, in a lot of ways because it's they're excited. Mm-hmm. They sh- they show up early and they right. they dance from the beginning of the night and right. like they go hard. Um, but on the other on the other side, you know, I think the uh, it's not quite as as refined of a of a sound. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Mm. Um, and uh, it didn't really used to be that way in in electronic music. Gotcha. Uh, so so like nowadays, like with like dubstep and what they, what some people call bro step and called rhythm um they're really just just bang your head off the wall you know go crazy kind of stuff which is right you know it can be a lot of fun in the right mood but it's just like you know as you and your friends get older it's like you don't want to be doing that for you know every night you know right <laughs> three hours straight so um <laughs> so yeah so i think that's kind of one of the big things i mean for me personally at least as far as what aspects of the scene i've been involved in has been yeah. going from that more underground scene seeing that kind of change and that was a lot also when i was going to college so when i came back it was you know a decent bit different um for me um and then and then i guess the other kind of transition was again that whole like blog house when maybe like 11 years ago when um, me and jeff cutups used to when start really started doing stuff together Mm -hmm. and then it was like this again this really just exciting fresh thing where people you know it was just a big wide variety of people would come out and just dance and go crazy nice. and um you know on a thursday night at brillo box and it would be you know packed like you know 150 people nice. um and uh and, and 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 nobody really like necessarily knowing the songs like mm-hmm. inherently but just ha- going out to have a good time right um and then i'd say since then it's kind of changed as like that was i would say before i mean at that time going out was either going to like just uh, like a normal bar Right. Like and listening to top forty, right? Yeah. Or going to like a rock show, mm-hmm. um, and then there was this dance music, right? And it was like right. that wasn't raves, you know, right? It was it was at a bar, mm-hmm. and this this kind of you know again an, an exciting wave, mm. um, and then since then it's, you know, that I think that kind of more uh, exploratory attitude and just yeah. like just go crazy and just go with it has right. has left a little bit and nowadays there's uh i'd say there's a, a much stronger tendency to stay in a lane mm. um in terms of uh you know having a night be a specific thing um, gotcha and and that's kind of it's just it's changed the again that that mm-hmm. willingness to listen to something different and and check something new out right um there's reasons for it right i mean it's, sure there's marketing reasons essentially i think really what it comes down to is if you have a night that's this style of music right, right. It's like, i like that style of music right. i'm gonna go to that right um hmm. so that's th- that's kind of my uh i'd say my biggest hang up right now uh with where things are is that um there's just a, a tendency to stay in that lane right and um, and as a reason, it, you know, it, it sort of builds on itself, right? I right. mean, the more, the more things that exist like that, yeah. the more people want it, want it. Right. 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 So, which, so it's, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy at, from the, the, from the consumer standpoint. Right. If I know, you know, there's going to be this event and I know exactly what I'm getting, that's going to fill the house yep. where, but at the same time, you could still communicate that if it's going to be a night that kind of leaves things to be imagined. 
right? You can you can tr- you can communicate right. that, but yeah. it's. I mean, for laser crunk, is that does that have a little bit broader? Uh, it spectrum. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. I mean, our our you know, and and that's I'd say one of our biggest our biggest issues, right? I mean, is okay. that we sometimes we'll have somebody playing house, or sometimes right. have somebody playing. You know, just hip hops. Have sometimes have somebody playing dub. Right. Because um, you guys have guest DJs. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Right. right. Um, and so, and we also like a pretty wide variety of stuff. So right. The hard. It, it's very hard. Like you know. So when we first started out, like I said, people would just come out. Right. Right. We would we would like have a fun theme, and people would just be like, Yeah, let's go, let's go. You know, yeah. This is gonna be great. And now it's <laughs> like you need to you need to pick and choose. You need to be like, Okay, it, this is gonna be this Got night. It. You right. know, and like. And that works great sometimes, um, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, yeah. Hmm. So working with bar owners and uh, promoters, uh, people that obviously, you know, book talent, that even though you've progressed over the last, you know, few years, you, you obviously know people and um, it doesn't, it's a smaller town in Pittsburgh rather than like New York City or DC right. or Southern California. Um, what would you say to someone that's just starting out? Like, obviously you wanna be part of the scene, show up to shows, you know, be there. Yep. What, as a, as a DJ, like, are there, are there events where there's open tables? But like, I, I hear about that, but it seems like people don't really show up. You don't really have like crowds that, you know, what, what's the chance that like, how do you break into the scene now? What do you think like would be advice for for someone that's just as starting far, out as, as far as uh, DJing or throwing shows or, or, just, or cause they're, they're kind of, I mean, yeah, no, that's true. I would say as a DJ, like if you're, if you're just starting out DJing and you want to, you want to get in there and you want people to see you and you want to, like, how would you go about that? I mean, I, I think the, the most straightforward thing is to, is to throw your own show. Okay. Right. Which is, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and, um, hmm. and you know, if you essentially that way you can, you get people to come out and they'll hear you play. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, that's the, that's okay. the easiest, right? And then right. enough yeah. people see you play and then somebody else will want to hear you play. Um, right. But otherwise, you know, I mean, so it, it's kind of a. I mean, that's harder. You have to have a lot more skill sets. You have to know how to promote. You have to know how to yep. book a place. You got to have a little bit of money up front. You got to, like, there's, there's reasons that people that are just starting out don't go that route. Right. Right. Sure. But so I think the biggest thing is the biggest hurdle to becoming a a, a known DJ or really yeah. is that it's hard, you know. So okay, so say say you want to um, say you write write music, right? And you, yeah. You actually have your own music, right? Sure. People can go onto SoundCloud and they can listen to you know two minutes. I'm like, oh, I like that. Cool. Right. I like that person. You know, and then you have sure. a good association with that person. Yep. Person, um, as opposed to a DJ. To really, you know, actually for some somebody just DJing to stick out in your mind, mm-hmm. they need to be either doing something special mm-hmm. or you need to sit there and listen to an entire hour, right? right. And really be like, oh, that was good. That went from here to here and their right. mixing was good and this was good and like, I right. like this, you know? So like the attention required to really evaluate somebody as a DJ and to really understand like what they're doing mm. is much greater than it is for an individual song. So, gotcha. I mean, a lot of, you know, the artists that we bring in as well as that get booked um, all around the world really is not based on their DJ. Right. It's actually based on, you know, their, 
their their, their production, their, right. their musical writing, as opposed to their DJing. So, okay. I mean, there's there are a few times where somebody might be might be known for being a great DJ, and we right. would bring them to town for that. Um, but uh, but usually it's because we like their music, and mm-hmm. therefore. We're, we're hoping they're good DJs too, right? Right. I mean, you know, if we can, we'll check them out beforehand. I mean, we which we almost always do, but sometimes it might be hard to find live sets from them, or they might have a, a studio mix that's going to be different than their live mix. Right. Um, so, you know, it occasionally happens that you get somebody that's not the best DJ in the world. Um, right. But, you know, DJing is, is uh, there's there's room for slop, I guess. Yeah. You can be subjective. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh so I mean, so that's kind of the answer for, in mm. terms of the bigger picture, like if yeah. you want to be a touring DJ and stuff yeah. like that. But it's also relates to even just DJing down the street. Gotcha. Um, in terms of you know, I think you want to do something different, right? And you want yeah. you want to practice and, and be able to be confident up there, that right. Such that you know you're not going to make a fool of yourself and you're like, what is this guy doing? Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is kind of. You know, kind of what we were saying before, as far as staying in, in a lane, right? I mean, yeah. if you if you decide that you really like one specific thing, right, and that's what you want to DJ, then you can say that's my thing, right? And I'm mm-hmm. gonna do that. And mm-hmm. that, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I you know, I, I wish I wish that I was more like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it makes it a lot easier. Like I would love to just be like, I'm a house DJ, you know, or I'm a this DJ, and screw the other stuff. And if you like this, come see me. Right. Pro- problem is, I like I like a lot of stuff, so. You know, it's, it's just not easy in that sense. Mm. Um, so don't do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, um, what's your favorite place to go and see, uh, you know, what's your favorite venue in Pittsburgh? That's, I mean, narrow it down a little bit more. <laughs> what's your favorite venue to see a new DJ? To see a new DJ. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's a place that like is always having new, pl- new people or it's, yeah you know i mean it so i think the rex is really good for um for bigger djs right somebody that's going to pull 600 people right Right. because they have they have a good lighting system built in Mm -hmm. um they have a good sound system it's a good sized room yep staff's all cool they know Mm -hmm. what they're doing yep um so i i would say i would say for for larger acts that's Mm -hmm. probably one of the most consistent um you know i mean i'm also friends with most of the venues so right I, so like I, it's I, hard to be selective I, yeah i mean i wouldn't want to like i mean i also love going to spirit Belvedere's, right. brillo box like right. those are kind of you know brillo box is more of a house party kind of vibe right you know right. Belvedere's is a little bit more of a college party-ish vibe and spirits mm-hmm. more of just all over the place but right. like but you know they they have they have proper sound systems as well and right. and they do a good job in terms of drinks and staff and everything else so um so yeah, those are probably my my top four. I guess I would say. We gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Four instead of just one. <laughs> ah, sweet. Um, who would you say is is underrated right now? Someone that you you see them doing their thing, and you're just like, they're, they're going to be, you know, some maybe someone you just, you like that they haven't really hit it big yet, or or people don't know of them yet. You're just like, they got something right there. I mean, I think there's. Th- there's a number of people doing stuff like that and yeah. really i would say that it's it's a lot it's it's almost more so about the vibe that the party brings th- right, than, right. than anything okay you know um so it's like it's it, it's it's 
somebody might be a great DJ, but it, yeah. if you if you don't bring the right people out and you're not okay. friends with the right people, right, then they're not going to come out and your party's not going to be that fun. That's so fair. Like, um, you know, so like, I mean, I think the slappers and bangers guys are one of the people that are kind of the most on that in terms yeah. of like get people there. People are there to have a good time, right? And um, I love that. And, you know, and it works. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you can tell they're having a good time, right? People are excited. Mm-hmm. So you know. So yeah, I, I think them and then um, uh, there's a there's another dude uh, who just who just threw his first show recently here uh, with uh, Dissolved, um, and they uh, I think that's the right name. Um, but th- they brought a, a DJ in from San Francisco and okay. it was a Cativo downstairs, and it was like one of the most crowded I've ever seen the downstairs at Cativo, which was nice. which was great to see because usually it's like I don't know it's hit or miss right. down, downstairs at least. Um, and and it was also some more more on the underground tip um, in terms of music style, so a mm. uh, l- little more accessible. I mean, not not super weird, which I like, but right. um, you know, not I everyone does. That many people there, right? So. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think them, and then you know, uh, so Jeff uh, Cutups and and some of his friends, uh, Nate and my other friend Dave, uh, have this uh, BXC collective, which is like breakcore and kind of more on the crazier spectrum of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But it's hard because there's only 20 people in Pittsburgh that like that right. kind of music, you know. So like you can kind of sometimes pull in from like the you know different scenes that are tangentially tangentially related. Right. Um, so I've liked a lot of stuff that they've brought in recently, um, but it's a lot harder, right? And it's right. So there's you know musically as well as you know musically, I love that stuff. Yeah. Party vibe wise, you know, there's it, it a spectrum. Yeah, definitely. What would you say for yourself, um, learning curve, like what was something that you, like once it clicked, you were able to make that next step? Uh, in terms of musically or? Could be either way. Um, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that there's much that's just like clicks and then, any, then you're in good, right? That's I mean, fair. It's like, it's like, uh, like a hardship or like a, um, something that, you're like, man, if I would have known this five years ago, I would have been, I, I would have been able to, to get ahead, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I personally think graphic design is, is a big and having, having a, mm. having an identity in right. that sense. And then that, I mean, like branding. Yeah. Branding. Right. Yep. And, and, and that's one thing that, you know, we have tried to do with laser crunk and that I think mm-hmm. is, has had that continuity there. And at least people have that to kind of hold on to is that right. we, always try and do physical flyers right and we always try and put time into it so that it looks good and Mm. and creative original ideas um so yeah i think um i think finding finding that and and paying attention to that and realizing it does matter yeah um how people you know perceive it Hmm. that's uh that's definitely something to think about like and if you want to get anything made flower (laughs) city print shop (laughs) got you that's awesome. Uh, where do you see yourself for the future and how are you, you know, what steps are you taking to, to try to get there? Um, I would say, I mean, the next kind of step that I'm most interested in is doing more of a live performance and, mm. and more of a, even more of a custom setup. So, I mean, I, okay. I've, for the last, I mean, since I started DJing digitally, I've never used like a traditional controller. Mm-hmm. I've always taken something else and remapped it and sort of made it my own mm-hmm. um and now um i've been working a lot more on finger drumming and trying really to be, be 
become more uh, live performance kind of mm. almost, almost like a fusion. I mean, you know, so, so I always have lots of buttons and, and screens and whatnot. And oftentimes people see that and they think, oh, he's doing a live set. And I'm like, nah, I'm just DJing. Like, I mean, I, I'm right. throwing some other stuff in there and doing some right. other things, but not really as much as I really could be doing. Yeah. So I think taking it to that level um, is where I, I would, is probably the, the next stage that I'm kind of trying to go for. Um, yeah. And, and I've done some of that in the past. Like I was in a band with some people and we did, you know, I had, we had live drums and I put live effects on their stuff and, and it was great, um, hmm. but it just didn't kind of end up working out for various reasons. Um, but, but what we did, I was really proud of and, yeah. uh, and it was really fun. So um, I think doing that more as well as incorporating um, live visuals into it more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got some ideas there, but haven't, haven't executed them yet, but gotcha. you know, hopefully coming soon. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, let me have some of your like links. Where can people find you? Um, um, yeah. Well, so, so we have, uh, the laser crunk Instagram, which is instagram.com slash laser crunk with a Z. Um, that's for laser crunk. Um, my personal is Todd Keebs. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't really have a separate DJ and whatever else. Just, you know, if you want to be friends with me, hit me up and you know, keeps in the background. Yeah. Oh yeah. And keeps in the background, which yeah. is my, uh, photo bombing Instagram. <laughs> It's uh, it's my it's my, my my true passion in life. You know, love it. It cracks <laughs> me up. I, sincerely, yeah, big right. fan. And and, and mixcloud.com/lasercrunk as well as uh, uh, mixcloud.com/toddkeebs for uh, for DJ mixes. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Sure. You're watching thoughtful discussions, and I'm Josh Snyder. And I'm Todd Keebs. <laughs>